Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Rage Against the Machine, taking the power back. Today we're going to talk about uh, strengthening your resolve and using the power of language to strengthen your resolve. We talk all about, um, I kind of stumbled through the first half a little bit, I apologize for that in advance, (laughs) but uh, um, you know, I talk about how sometimes when someone is throwing things at you, really just you're talking about what's going on in life and really you're not even having an argument or talking about anything fragile, but someone gives a challenge to something that you're doing or whatever. And, and uh, essentially testing your resolve about anything that you have a belief or you're, you're, you're standing behind or anything like that. And you feel this sense of stress or shakiness that, um, you know, perhaps that's a sign, not just that someone else is being offensive, but that you are not necessarily in tune with your resolve that there are more things for you to learn and be a part of and, and to, to uh, adapt to your identity and your personality and who you are as a person, right? There's strength to grow. There's time to grow. There's a place to grow. Um, so we talk about all that and then using the power of language to strengthen your resolve. So we talk about different terminology um, about, uh, you know, using certain negative resolve type of words, negative, uh, um, I don't know, uh, they're not confirmations. They're whatever the opposite of affirmations would be, I guess, uh, you know, difficult uh, things that are difficult, um, to hear or to, that you're telling yourself essentially words that you're using to become aware of, you know, I can't, I should, um, you know, you're the one you're, you're to blame stuff like that, blaming other people and telling yourself things that are like half-hearted, right. As opposed to doing, using more positive terminology, like I love this. I, I don't know certain things like I will, I, I, I am, you know, just being a little bit more, uh, assertive with yourself and being, and I think that's the right terminology. Really. It's about being assertive with yourself because it's not about affirmations and not about just saying like, you know, I'm great, but it's, it's about being real with you. It's like, I am worthy of this. I am a great person. I am doing the best that I can stuff like that. Right. So we're going to talk all about that terminology today on dopamine. Let's go. Oh, and happy Friday. Enjoy. all right everyone welcome to the show uh as always i am incredibly grateful for you guys being here um as I ruffle through my mail, <laughs> I'm so grateful for you guys being here. Thank you so much. It has been a crazy uh, positive day where we're doing a soft launch for the TCC uh, summit. So it is the, uh, the boss project summit by think creative collective sponsored by dub Sato. Um, it is uh, this amazing big digital summit with 40 plus speakers that I'm going to be a part of. I am going to be speaking about branding and logos and specifically how branding is more than just logos. Um, 
I talk about colors. I talk about how um, your mindset is a factor in bringing yourself into the equation. So there's a lot of great stuff that I talk about. It is free to sign up. You can go to bit.ly slash cnote summit, or if you follow me on all the social channels, there are links to those things there. So I'm going to be talking about this a little bit over the next month because the summit is in early November. I'm really excited about it. And if you sign up through my link, I get credit for it and I get a commission and all that stuff for uh, credit for the lead and stuff. So um really excited about all of that stuff, but the summit itself is absolutely free. So go, go sign up, go do the thing. There's just so many amazing things. If you're new to business, this is perfect for, for everyone here who is listening, who is a creative person, a business person, um, trying to make your way trying to make things happen. This is like, I wish I had this 10 years ago, like absolutely. So this is a big deal. Um, today I wanted to talk about, um, kind of in relation to all of that is like strengthening your resolve, you know, strengthening your understanding of yourself and who you are as a person and who you are as uh, a creative person, as a brand, as someone that is um, trying to put yourself out there and, um, you know, also working through some of the more serious elements of your life, you know, strengthening your resolve in terms of understanding your, your mental health, understanding your message, understanding who you are as a person. Uh, I think we kind of get caught up in, shaky ground when someone, you know, when someone tries to offend us or try to, tries to, um, to come at us and weaken our resolve when we're shaky about it, when it affects us, it should be not only just a sign that the other person is being a little bit rude, but it should be a sign to you that, okay, maybe my resolve is not as strong as I thought it was. Maybe this is an opportunity for me to look inward and say, Hey, this is something that like, maybe there's something here that is not as firm as I thought it was going to be right. As, as, as solid as I thought it was or thought it is, or think it is right words. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, if you're being easily offended by stuff, then maybe there's something that needs to be considered in the way that you're thinking about your life and your processes and, um, the work that you're putting out or, uh, your beliefs or anything like that. And it's certainly, I think it's healthy to have that perspective, to think about it. And I think, I think it could save a lot of people from just feeling offended and feeling upset and not really being sure what to do with it. Right. Because we get upset about something. Somebody says something about our height or something physical about us or whatever. And it's really easy for us. And I agree with the notion of simply looking at the person saying, Hey, you are just expressing your insecurity. And a lot of the times that's the case, especially when it comes to like physical things or something that has to do with like something you can't actually change. Right. But if there's something that someone's giving you sort of an argument about like a belief or a way that you do something or sort of making a judgment on the work that you put out, maybe it's like your paintings or your graphic design or whatever it is that you do for a living, um, your style of coaching, stuff like that. Um, it's certainly important to at first consider that, Hey, this person could be just projecting, um, themselves. Let me make sure my gains good enough. Um, make sure they're not just protect projecting themselves and not completely just brush it off. You know, like I think it's important to look at it first and say like, Hey, this person is probably just projecting something that they're dealing with. Maybe they've had something in their past. Maybe I reminded them of something of someone or that they're treating me like a caricature of something, right? That happens a lot in like political debates or religious debates or things like that. But at the same time, if someone is attempting to shake your resolve when it comes to, you know, something that you feel has been something solid in your life, then, you know, being sort of offended by it could be a sign that you need to think about it a little bit more and be a little bit more solid in your foundation. 
And ways that you can do that is like, maybe you just need more learning. Maybe you need um, to talk to more people. Maybe you just need to, I don't know, work on your, your argument. <laughs> you know, maybe you haven't really, maybe you've gotten so you've rested on your laurels as it were, and you've gotten just so comfortable being what you are and who you are that um, while I don't certainly say you should have to explain it to other people in a context where you're trying to have a productive conversation and you're kind of getting upset by seemingly innocuous things. And this really, again, this like, this really is more towards getting offended by something that someone says that is not intended to be an offense. Right. Because like, and I'm kind of working through this workshopping it as we go, but really the general idea here is that, like if someone is attempting to blatantly tear your walls down, then they are likely projecting a sense of insecurity onto you, right? But if someone is having a productive conversation and we're just trying to talk about something and you get worked up and you get upset, you get triggered or anything like that, like that is more about you because they are not blatantly attempting to tear you down. That just means that your foundation is weak, right? So there is kind of like the two heads of that coin in a way that you have to kind of think about that uh, uh, and how, wh what steps can you take now to strengthen that resolve. So, um, yeah, I think that's a pretty important, clear distinction. <laughs> it's a good example of how sometimes I just workshop stuff while I'm talking. Uh, and I remember that my dad asked me that once and he was like, do you just ever figure things out where you're talking? I'm like, yep, that's, yep. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> I do that in my head all the time. So, um, really strengthening your resolve is about just kind of, uh, an extension of self-awareness, right? It's about being aware of like, what is making you feel stressed? like stuff that's making you feel stressed or anxious that shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be in like kind of like the grand scale of things. I'm not talking about if you have anxiety, like that's a real thing. You have to see a doctor, all that stuff. But I'm talking about somebody who's just having a conversation and they mention someone's name or they mention a word or they mention the way that they speak about, or just the way they speak about something kind of sets you off a little bit. And you're kind of, you're, you're going off on this person that just didn't, doesn't deserve it. Right. So there, there's something in you that you have to address. So as much as I talk about kind of these sort of boundaries and barriers of making sure that you're protecting other people, it's almost like you have to find ways to protect yourself from yourself a lot of the time as well. And I know a lot of that comes from sort of wording that we experience out in the world these days, especially on the internet, where we're talking about you know, politics and religion and people use the word trigger and even the word trigger becomes a trigger. Um, and all of it becomes associated with negativity. You know, millennials don't even like the term millennial because it was always associated with like a catch-all term for young people are dumb. <laughs> young people are ruining society. Stuff like that. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we have to uh, figure out like, okay, what is it about that stuff that's really getting to us? And how can we strengthen our resolve, strengthen our feelings about who we are as a person to make our, to lift ourselves up? Right. And, and that certainly helps to think about those things when you're trying to build a brand um, and you're trying to speak to your audience and connect with the right people. Right. Because again, when I'm talking about setting boundaries, sometimes your terminology, the way that you're speaking about things and the strength in your resolve will really help you connect with other people when you need to, when you're trying to sell something or when you're trying to just get people's attention for the sake of your brand or whatever. Right. So it's, um, it's using that understanding, like, how language affects you is also going to help you understand how language affects other people and um, the ways that some people are, are certainly upset by things or, or triggered by things. Uh, certainly a thing to, to be weary of. Um, but again, it's like important to know how that fits for you personally and not make the assumption that because it upsets you personally, it's going to set upset everyone. Um, it's just another one of those things where you just have to kind of like ask more questions and, and figure out, um, 
how different things affect different people and how to navigate those conversations as well. And I think it's important for someone who sees someone getting triggered by a word that you said, like sometimes you need to make adjustments, but sometimes, you know, when it's blatantly obvious from a social perspective, you know, you make adjustments, but if I'm just kind of talking about balloons and someone has like uh, uh, this weird reaction to balloons because, you know, uh, they just, they have some, unconscious thing that like, it's not even a traumatic thing. They just, for some reason, like really loathe balloons. And it's like, that's not my fault. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. It's really weird. It's, it's, there's like this weird middle ground. Cause if somebody did have like a, a like a trauma or something around balloons and they're like, Hey, uh, I just, you know, I have this thing with balloons. Like I appreciate it if you don't bring it up and then you can kind of have respect. This is going down a really weird rabbit hole. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about today. Uh, thanks for being here, by the way. Um, I'm going to take a break. We can listen to a sponsor and uh, I can think about how we can wrap up this second half. <laughs> uh, today's weird, but it's good. It's a good day. Listen to the 48 Hours podcast for shocking murder cases and compelling real life dramas from one of television's most watched true crime shows. Go behind the scenes of each episode with award-winning CBS News correspondents and producers in Postmortem, a weekly deep dive. Listen to 48 Hours wherever you get your podcasts. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. All right. Welcome back. Uh, I took a bit of a breather. <laughs> I'm going to slow down. I realized I was talking pretty fast and I was just kind of going, trying to fill time. So I apologize. I, I want to make this a good show. <laughs> so, I mean, talking about strengthening your resolve is uh, I wanted to kind of just pull back a little bit because we're going to Tarantino this. And I, I wanted to just kind of um, talk about really that the definition of resolve, because there's a couple different definitions to start with. And uh, first one is settle or find a solution to a problem, dispute or contentious matter. The firm aims to resolve problems within 30 days. There's uh, the second verb, which is decide firmly on an action, on a course of action. She resolved to call Dana as soon as she got home. And then the noun, firm determination to do something. She, reserved, re she received information that strengthened her resolve. And that's really, that's the one that I'm talking about. When you've made a decision about something, you've made a resolution, you've made a commitment. And, um, you know, for example, he made a resolve to not go there again. You know, you made a strong choice and strong choices typically come with the way that you approach people. Sometimes it sometimes comes with uh, the type of people you don't want to interact with, the types of conversations you don't want to have. Um, sometimes when it comes to like your religion, the business that you found, you've, you've founded, 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 founded. And um, just the things that you're doing in life. And then sometimes people will challenge you on that. And, and when you get upset based on that challenge um, versus someone just downright trying to shit on your dreams, um, you know, if you're getting upset about it and not using it as a challenge to move forward, that's, that's really what I'm talking about here is 
not allow, like allowing yourself to get rattled by something that you've already made a decision on. You know, if you feel really good about your decision, you're less likely to be rattled by it, I would find. So, you know, there's a quick article I'm going to reference here. There's this, um, this website called Highbrow. I've never, I'm not familiar, but they talk about like photography and psychology and science and all sorts of things. It's a blog, you know, blogs, people blog. <laughs> and there's like courses and stuff. There's, um, uh, this is the eighth episode of the course and it's just called five simple tricks to strengthen your resolve. So instead of me trying to fumble through this episode, um, I'm going to give you some, some tips on how to strengthen your resolve. If you feel like you've been really shaky lately, that's that every little thing kind of upsets you or you get offended or you don't even really know where to go from here. So we're going to do all that. So number one, do it now. One of the most powerful ways to overcome the temptation to procrastinate on your goals is to do it now. If you fail to take action as quickly as possible with passing second, you get more and more difficult to tap into your willpower and do what needs to be done. Have you ever told yourself just a minute to find yourself 30 minutes later, still not doing what you're supposed to do? I suppose a better question would be, do you know a single person in the entire universe who has never done it? Next time you find yourself tempted to procrastinate, cut the internal talk and go do the task right away. The, is this all about like, what, what like, hold on. <laughs> Strengthen my resolve with what? Oh, okay. This is all in relation to self-discipline. So I'm going to actually find another article real quick because that's not really what we're talking about here. Um, the power of resolve. There's that. Um, uh, okay. 12 do's and don'ts to strengthen your resolve through language. Okay. So thanks for sticking with me while I fumble through this, but, um, uh, I, I was just, you know, I've been really crazy busy trying to promote this summit this morning and I was just like, Oh crap. I didn't, I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really have an episode I wanted to talk about today. So I'm just fumbling anyway. Um, so I got something pulled up. This is the 12 do's and don'ts to strengthen your resolve through your language. And I love talking about language and the usage of NLP, essentially. Um, something I'm going to talk about in the future, which is neuro-linguistic neuro programming. Um, and uh, so I'm just going to read a little bit of this intro. It says, if you used neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, you will understand how powerfully your language can not only reveal what's going on inside, but can be the catalyst to strengthen your resolve. If you've ever listened to a friend or colleague who appears powerless in a given situation, it's because their inner language is giving away their own power and they actually feel powerless. There we go. This is, this is what I've been trying to spend 12 minutes getting to. <laughs> Many years ago, when I was in my 20s, I worked for a woman who gleefully bullied everyone. Luckily, I had come from a background where I was used to standing up for myself and decided to not play her game. I realized her attempt to make me cower to her power was all about her own inner insecurity. My inner dialogue was strong and it helped me traverse that particular experience with my confidence intact. That's not to say it was easy. It wasn't until she left the organization for good that I realized how stressful life had been during her reign. I remember, um, consoling colleagues who were reduced to tears by her demands and her judgments on them. I knew on a level that all they needed was to find a power within inside of them. But at the same time, but at that time, my inexperienced self just didn't know how to help them. I realized through the power, um, I, I realized that the more someone was upset by this woman's behavior, the weaker was the language they used about themselves. 
Language can be used as a learning tool in distinct ways. Firstly, you can observe language and discover your own mindset. If you talk about yourself, your efforts, and your prospects with shaky and vague language, then you haven't formed a firm and empowering self-conflict and self-image. You probably haven't accepted yourself, forgiven yourself, or engendered yourself uh, a positive belief in yourself. However, we all know when we are in the presence of someone who is confident, assertive, and is happy in their own skin to go towards achieving this particular state, you can use and affirm positive language, which helps to program your subconscious mind in a way which builds and improves your resolve. To get started, here are six phrases or words you need to become aware of when you are using them, um, which can be chipping away at your self-confidence, determination, or self-respect. And six words or phrases you need to help you feel better about yourself, create greater resolve, and be happier. Uh, so before we move on, um, you know, I want to kind of apply this to what's been going on in my life lately. Is I'm kind of revisiting this concept of complex PTSD, and um, really in my previous relationship, there was just a lot of belittling and controlling behavior and things that um, are really hard to explain. You know, it's like there was a ton of gaslighting and it just made me feel like I was crazy. And it was really hard to explain to anyone because on the surface, everything looked great. And I'm sure even now I'm vilified as someone who just, you know, who just up and left, you know, and, um, and, I, and, I, and I get why someone would do that. But at the same time, like, you know, people don't understand the absolute fear and shakiness that I feel all the time, that there are things that bring up these feelings in me, these emotions that bring me back into that emotional experience that, that are just like, that are crippling and it's incredibly hard to move forward. So it's, that's why it's also really exciting to do the summit and doing more local things and, and kind of moving forward in business because I no longer, I'm starting to break free from feeling trapped. You know, it's kind of like, you know, venom, <laughs> you know, being uh, Eddie Brock being overcome by venom, the symbiote, and I'm having to rip it off of me. You know, that, that, that symbiote is like the complex PTSD that I'm experiencing. Right. So it's a real major challenge to be able to pull that off. And, and a lot of it is the way that I look at myself. And uh, sometimes I have to revisit past memories. I have to work through a lot of that stuff. And, um, you know, make sure that I'm using consistent positive language with myself and kind of uh, catching myself using more assured language for myself, using more positive affirmations and propelling myself forward in a positive way. And just being a little bit more um, resolute in the words that I use as well. Uh, this is something that my that my therapist pointed out to me was stopping the use or, or mitigating the use of these words like kind of, sort of, maybe, I guess, you know, these all half-hearted, half-committal kind of words uh, really kind of keep us down. You know, it keeps the the symbiote attached to us, right? So there's a there's also a painting that Molly did. If you go to thedarlingrage.com, you can check out, she has this painting called the um, symbiotic disconstruction or wait, uh, something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, symbiotic reconstruction. I forget what it's actually called. Sorry, Molly, <laughs> but it's a really good painting and kind of expresses visually in an abstract form what that that all that means. So we're going to talk about these six phrases real quick. So uh, six phrases or words to become aware of. I can't. Uh, we all know the we all know the saying, if you think you can't, then you can't. You really need to review the use of this word because it is blocking your power. The next one is I will try. If you are trying, you have already set yourself up for failure. You must never try. You will always ditch this word and say, I will. There is no try. There is only do. Hence Yoda. Yoda my mentor. <laughs> uh, the last word is, or the next word is, but if you're using the word, but as a way to excuse yourself from thinking or doing something to get you to where you want to be, you may be self-sabotaging your efforts. Um, which is really interesting actually when you start using, cause, but can kind of be used as a negative word. So if you start using the word and instead of, or the word like though, maybe 
in in place of but in a sentence where you would normally use but like i think this is really great but it could be better or you start saying i think this could be great i think this is great and it could be better you know you start to see how like kind of absurd the sentence itself is and you kind of just get rid of the second half right you really just say like i think this is really great end of sentence <laughs> um you know even if it's implied in yourself that like you know it could be better like it doesn't matter it's done move on right so next one is I should. We all do it and it's not pretty. When we say I should, we are judging ourselves for not doing something. This invokes guilt. Either say I will or or, or I won't. Um, much more empowering, right? So I should is this like, is this guilt association kind of word, right? I should do this. And usually when you say I should, like I should be this way, I should be better, I should have more money, I should be smarter, I should be prettier, I should be whatever. Um, it's It's invoking this like, like it says, like it's invoking this guilt, like someone else has placed this on you, these expectations. And like I continue to talk about in these recent episodes, like everyone's got different starting lines and goal lines, right? So you got to like, you got to break that up. You got to stop that. Just, just cut it out. No more, no more shoulds, especially in reference to yourself. I should be better. I will be better. Empowering, right? It just sounds better. It feels better. So um, the next one is you made me feel. This is such a subtle giveaway of power. If someone evokes feelings inside of you, it's because they are already there. If you attribute your feelings to someone else, you are giving away your power and not taking responsibility by owning your feelings. Um, yes. And that is something that Molly and I talked about is, um, you know, you made me upset. You made me this, you know, using I language instead of you language, I statements instead of you statements, you know, because that's the, that's what you hear in arguments all the time is right. right? Like you're the one, or you said this, or you made me feel this or you, whatever. You are kind of uh, removing personal power and responsibility. You're transferring it to the other person and essentially starting a conflict ladder to give them power to have to apologize. And if they don't apologize, then you start to feel weak. So you're almost submitting your power like willingly without even really needing to, right? You can just say like, I, I was really upset because this happened. And you're still maintaining a sense of power when you say that, like literally say those two different sentences, like you made me feel terrible or versus I felt terrible because of this, right? Just, just the way it makes you feel when you say that the difference is impeccable. I just love it. Um, the net, the last one is it's not my fault. While not everything is your fault. You do have the power to react to a given situation in which whatever way you choose. So this phrase also indicates a venture into the blame game, which is futile in many cases. So, you know, owning your faults, owning your responsibilities, taking making accountable making yourself accountable for all the things that you do and i think as creatives as entrepreneurs people who are trying to start businesses we need to get used to that we need to get used to the accountability because if you're going to be running your own business everything falls on you uh you know if someone essentially makes a decision to screw you over or goes another way or if your partner leaves you or anything like that you have to own that like your side of it and be able to move on and if you're just complete, completely placing blame on the other person all the time, it's going to, you know, keep you from growing as a person. Uh, so, and then six words or phrases to begin to use. Uh, the worst one, the first one is I am, you have to claim who you are. And if you are using negative phrases such as I am not confident, I am losing. Guess what? Your subconscious mind will create what you believe you are. The empowering way to talk about I am is to say positive phrases such as I am doing the best I can. I am gaining, gaining in confidence every day. And this will change your reality. And again, this is something that I'm struggling with as well. Like, it's really easy to say, like, I, I am, I am not 
feeling great. I am not confident. I am losing. I'm not, I'm not good at this stuff like that. Um, but really you can reframe those as like, honestly, you are doing the best you can. That's one of my favorites for the four agreements is always do your best and understanding that the definition of your best is interchangeable. It's objective. You know, doing your best today is, is just like, you know, even if you're, you can't get out of bed, you're still trying to do your best to get out of bed, right? Like don't use it as an excuse, but whatever it is that you do today, you did your best. It does not mean you should have done better. You know, again, what the word should, right? Uh, next one is I will. This positive phrase is about setting your intention. When you say I will make the change, then it's a commitment, which is nearly always certain to create a positive outcome. And there's a reason I wanted to go over the definition of resolve again, because it's about making a decision. It's about uh, being certain. And I think I hear this with a lot of the younger generation, and this is not exclusive to the millennial generation. I'm sure this has happened throughout all young people all throughout history who have used language that there is non-committal language because we're, you know, the future is scary and making a decision sometimes feels like it's forever and you just don't know, you know, you want to feel safe. You want to have the option to get out. Um, but certainly strengthening your resolve will give you like, you know, making commitments will give you the opportunity to make other commitments. It's like hoarding, it's like hoarding bad feelings, right? If you're saying like, I think I'll do it. It's just kind of like sitting, it's like a piece of garbage, just kind of like an empty box, just sitting in your apartment versus saying I will, and you take it out and you throw it away and you're done with it and you move on. Right. So I think that's a, that's a pretty good analogy. Go me. <laughs> I choose is the next one. We will, we always have choices. Life doesn't happen by default. And when you choose, you are using your intrinsic power to decide upon what you want. You know, I am choosing to stay in bed today. I'm choosing to take a mental health day. I'm choosing to work on all of this stuff today. I'm choosing to put off my podcast recording because I wanted to promote the summit this morning, stuff like that. Right. Um, the next one is I take responsibility. Our ego wants to blame everyone for our challenging experiences in life. But when you realize you can always choose your response, even if you don't believe you can change the situation, then you are immediately empowering yourself. I, again, accountability is not just about taking the blame for everything, quote unquote, but taking the power and the responsibility and realizing that you have control and the ability and the power and just the, just the, the resolve to do it. Next is, I don't know. This is probably my favorite. Um, I don't know. When you think about it, our real natural state is that of not knowing. And our certain only our only certainty is that we are seeing and interpreting the world through our perceptions. When our perceptions change, then our world changes. It is really empowering to admit, I don't know. And uh, you could probably even hear it throughout this podcast. Like I was kind of stumbling through the first half of this episode and I was like, you know what? I, I just, I honestly don't know what I was going to talk about. So I needed some help. And you know, ultimately this episode is going to be better because I chose to look up an article and just, and chose to read things. And, you know, I do this on this podcast all the time. Like I am, I don't know everything. <laughs> it's just, it's just the truth. Uh, I'm trying to be as entertaining or interesting as I can talk about all of these topics. And I want to make you guys curious, but I'm not claiming to be an expert. I'm not claiming to be a therapist. I'm not claiming to be someone that's going to fix you. I'm just claiming to be someone that is, uh, talking and has ideas for what I want to talk about and sharing those ideas with you guys. Right. So that is the difference. And being able to admit that you don't know something is absolutely empowering. It is incredible to just say like, Hey, I, I don't understand about, that. I don't know anything about that, but also being able to, to, to acknowledge that and then being willing to listen or being able to learn or being willing to, to kind of figure it out. Right. Um, but when you're trying to, people get really bored or really 
annoyed when someone's trying to fake it. <laughs> you know, I, I talk about faking it till you make it is such a bullshit term. Like, you know, it, like people just will push their way through a conversation and, and not know what the hell they're talking about. I do it all the time too. Still now I just did it. <laughs> right. So it, it's a real challenge, but if we're online and we're talking about, you know, real social issues, we're talking about whatever, when we really think about it, like there's so much, we don't know. We don't have the perceptions of what's going on. We're not in presidential meetings. We're not in, uh, uh, you know, a lot of us are not in certain situations that we have criticisms about, um, whether it comes to poor people or rich people or gay people or straight people or whatever, all of the social issues that we're talking about. Like we don't understand at least 99% of the things that we are making judgments about. You know, there are people who are even talking about like Facebook ads and they've never run one, like, you know, and, and saying that it doesn't work. Right. So like just admitting that we don't know gives us the power to start to know. And the last one is I love finding something to love about everyone and everything you encounter. It is so easy to find the negative or to make a judgment. When you say, what can I find to love about this person or situation? You are on a communication level, which can only bring good. And I do honestly feel like good is something that is stacked upon our natural state of being because negativity tends to be the default, right? When we make assumptions about people, it's always a negative assumption. We see a dude walking across the street and he's walking in our direction. We assume he's going to attack us. And that's a very natural state of being. But, you know, as things change, as you gather new information, you're able to adjust and say like, oh, I love this dude's t-shirt or this, this dude's got a great beard. And like, you know, you find out everything's safe and fine and, and not just accepting that he's, uh, you know, not, not giving him like credit for, for not attacking you, but like finding something that's good about people that you come across, right? Making an assumption or judgment about something. And then, um, you know, when you find out that is not true, you can certainly go and find something you love about that thing. And, you know, uh, while we talk about a lot about, um, uh, not just affirmation in your way through life and just not just being absolutely positive all the time, because I, I think that's not possible either because that leads to other mental health issues, repression of different kinds. It's absolutely important to make sure that we're not assigning negativity where it doesn't belong. And typically we can find things that we love about a lot of people. We can love the way that someone's voice sounds, the way that they speak, uh, the way the topics that they choose to talk about, the way they present themselves, their hair, their glasses, their clothes, like anything, something, just some little thing, you know, just something you love. And, you know, instead of dropping likes on the internet, drop some loves, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that, that's it. I think that's a pretty good breakdown of using NLP to, um, sort of, uh, improve your language and strengthen your resolve through the usage of your language. So, uh, that's it. I want to stop talking. I'm done. My throat hurts. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. I got plenty of things to do. So, um, thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate you guys. Again, if you want to sign up for the summit, go to bit.ly slash cnote summit and uh, sign up there. It's absolutely free. Um, this amazing business summit that is, that is, like I said, amazingly, absolutely free for four days. Um, and there's hour long keynotes, 40 plus speakers, an absolutely incredible thing being put on by Think Creative Collective. Speaking of love, I love those ladies. Like they are so good at what they do. They are just on it and they are like marketing like ballers and just creating this massive thing that is, it's just incredibly exciting and empowering and, um, and inspiring to see 
being put on. So absolutely go do that, bit.ly slash cnote summit. And you can also check out my work at cnote.media or sign up for the uh, for the podcast at dopamine.life. You can leave a financial donation and all of that good stuff. So with that, um, go do something to strengthen your resolve, you know, practice terminology using more. I will, I am, I choose, I take responsibility. I love and admitting you don't know things, you know, just making choices, making decisions, getting out of this blaming or half-heartedly living your life, you know, just make choices and let's move forward. Right. So take care of yourselves and each other and I'll catch you next time on dopamine. See ya. Oh, and have a good weekend. It's Friday. I totally forgot. It's Friday. (laughs) Have a good weekend. Take care of yourselves. See you guys. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.